Coming live from Providence, Rhode Island, USA is our guest tonight. Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show which ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Peter George, public speaking coach, speaker, author of The Captivating Public Speaker. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Peter. And as I said, we will be talking about from you, a lot of people who want to learn about how to be a good speaker, a good presenter, presenter, and as well as how to know if they have done a good presentation wherever they are, cutting down all the psychophants and yes men who tell them they are ever so good and God's present to mankind. So we'll cut that, uh, cut that clutter and we'll focus on how exactly people can know if their presentation has been good. But uh, first, Peter, just to understand from you, you know, firstly, exactly what sort of uh, public speaking you do, what sort of uh, public uh, speaking you do at all other places so that people know what you are going to bring to the table. Okay. So as a speaker and a public speaking coach, I focus on helping others be more effective speakers. That can be an aspiring or a professional speaker. It can be an entrepreneur, an executive, anybody who is taking their message to speak in front of others. Right, right. And so the question that is very obvious is that how does a person, an individual, whether he's on a uh, business setting, uh, looking for a job, or as an individual when you are presenting Anything either to a group of friends, a startup presenting their ideas to angel investors or whoever they are, and even big businesses. How do they uh, master this craft that you are an expert of? How to be a good public speaker? How to be a good presenter? How does it work? First and foremost, we have to take the focus also off of ourselves and put it on the audience. So many of us are worried about ourselves. What if I screw up? What if I make a mistake? What if I forget what I'm going to say? What if they don't like me? What if I can't engage the people who are listening to me? We're putting all of the focus on ourselves when as speakers, we're nothing but a vehicle to get our message across to others. So focus on the audience. It's always, without exception, about the audience. So when we, we look at that and say, okay, this isn't about me. It's about the audience. It's just like your audience yeah. listening so, now. Sorry to, inter sorry to interrupt yep. you. It's about the audience. And I think the your volume is a bit on the lower side. Is there a way you can raise it a bit? Earlier it was sounding I, fine. Yeah, I maybe think it's like... going to clip out. <clears throat> okay. How's that? Better? Better? I can bring the mic closer. I'm just afraid it's, gonna, it's clipping yes. out on my yes. end. Yes, yes. It's better? better. Yes, much better. Yes. Okay. So focusing on the audience and making it about them, that's number one. The other is don't wing it. Don't just get up and speak to people. Practice what you're going to say to them. Rehearse again and again and again. You wouldn't give a paper to someone, like if you were in college, say, you wouldn't give your professor a, a final paper in the first draft and hand it in. You'd rewrite it again and again. 
that's what we do when we wing a speech or a talk. We come up and we give someone the first draft. It's disrespectful to ourselves, but most importantly, it's disrespectful to the audience. Don't give them a first draft. Okay. 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 So, Peter, to understand from you, you know, uh, in today's time, almost every sphere of life, you need to speak whether you don't want to speak or be, whether you want to speak. That's the reality of today. Even on a Zoom call, you need to speak. That's true. Earlier on, you could be quiet in a, in a room full of other colleagues, but now you, you can't be. Uh, so, in terms of a presentation, uh, what would you consider as the most important part of any presentation? Generally, the conclusion is considered the most important part. And it can vary, but think about the conclusion. Many people just end with, well, that's my time, or uh, that's all I've got. That's not a strong conclusion. Imagine a movie that you've been looking forward to seeing, and you get to the end of the movie, and it's like, okay, well, that's all we had written. We don't have a stunning conclusion. It's the same thing with a talk. Have a conclusion that matters to the audience, that compels them to think a certain way or go do something or uh, take action on something. What are you going to do with that conclusion? Everybody worries about the, be the opening, and that's important. You've got to grab people right from the beginning, but nothing's more important, usually, than the conclusion. Okay, so conclusion is like a call to action that they say in today's time. But what about the earlier part? If you don't make the earlier part before the conclusion, the body copy and the headline good enough, then by the time you come to conclusion, you might be the only person left in the room. <laughs> so how do you make sure that your uh, speaking, your presentation is uh, captivating enough? How do you talk of five secrets to captivate your audience? What are those? Maybe that will be able to solve this, uh, this mystery. First thing you want to do is get their attention right from the beginning. And so many of us get up there and say, well, it's a pleasure to be here. Or we start trying to wade in the water and get used to the water instead of just jumping in. And you called it the exact thing that it is. It's a headline. Now, you've read many newspaper articles and magazine articles, and your listeners have too. None of us have ever read an article without reading the headline first. That headline grabs us and lets us know if we want to continue to read. It's the same thing with a talk. So make that headline, that attention-grabbing opening, engage the listeners right from the start. And that's extremely important because you're right. If you don't get a hold of them and you don't keep them engaged... Well, then you can't help them at the end. They're already disengaged. They're on their phones. They're thinking about going golfing or whatever it might be. So get them right from the start. And a way to keep them engaged is ask questions, even when they can't answer. When we're asked a question, we want to answer it. So even if it's a rhetorical question, we'll answer it in our heads. So that's one technique of keeping people engaged is to ask them questions. Now you're in a conversation. And speaking of a conversation, always make it a conversation, even if you're the only one talking. It's not about just getting up there and spewing information on people. It's creating open minds 
that are thinking on a two-way street here. I'm giving you information, and you're giving me conversation back. And we can keep that conversation going pretty much until it's the time to come to that conclusion. Okay. Okay. But then how, how do you do that? Because, see, as you are called as a speaker, or even in general terms, you are saying, uh, you have to present something to your boss. There are other colleagues also. You are supposed to be uh, knowing that stuff. But God knows how much you know. So how, with whatever you know, how do you still present it? Why I talk is that even if you know, and it's a problem if you know less, know less then how, and, and you are already fearful about that situation. Many people have that inherent fear of public speaking or even in a room full of people. How do they deal with so many things and you talk about engage, then impact. How does all these things happen at the same time? And then uh, in all these things, you might just forget about the conclusion. So how is there a step to step from a master who has been speaking, you know, public speaking for 35 years? How does it work? Well, let's go back to the audience because it all all is focused on the audience, like I said before. So who's the audience? Is it a boss? Is it a civic audience? Are you speaking in the community? Who's in that audience? What and do they what do they want and need to know? How do you want to make them feel? A lot of us forget about that, about how we want to make our listeners feel. We just, we're concerned with, well, we're just going to give them information. Well, we're human beings. And the vast majority of the time, we think with our emotions. Even though we might rationalize them with logic, we think with our emotions. So how do you want to make them feel when you're talking? Do you want them to be confident? Do you want them to be a little nervous that if they don't do better, they might lose their job? How do you right. want them to feel? That goes a long way. And then once you have this information, what's your main point? So if you do get lost in what you're saying, you can always come back to that main point. If you do forget something, you can come back to that main point. Many of us try to throw all these different points into a talk, and it's got to be about one thing. You can have several talking points that support that main point, but what's that one point? What do you want them to walk away with? Is it more knowledge? Is it more confidence? What is it that they, are they going to do something when they leave that talk? What's that main point? And then you have your talking points to support that. I want them to know this, so I'm going to talk about this, this, and this that supports this main point. And after you do that, if you're going to have Q&A, questions and answers, you go into the Q&A, and then after that, you do your conclusion. It's really a simple roadmap. I call it the AMPT framework. Audience, message, your point, the presentation, and the delivery. When you take those four components, it's a nice, easy roadmap to follow, and you get to where you want to go. And more importantly, the audience, your listeners, get what they need to know. Right, right. And then the question comes It okay, you did well, but your boss won't clap, your colleagues won't clap, and if it's a public speaking, some will clap, many won't. How do you know, how do you know whether you have hit 
hit the nail or you have nailed the point or hit the nail on your head how does it work uh, for for a person because you see in different settings if you are if you are doing it in within the office how do you know well, if you know, it is yeah if it is say you are the ceo you have to give a public speech or internally town hall how do you know it has worked so please focus on uh, on these couple of areas sure it's not the proverbial hey great job or nice talk or wonderful presentation that's generally people being polite whether they're oh. friends of yours whether they're just polite people you know we walk away when we hear that go wow i nailed this i was awesome i'll i'll give you when this light went off for me this light bulb went off many 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 years ago i thought i nailed it and so many people said to me afterwards great job nice presentation all that i went up with a smile well this was being recorded and about two weeks later i watched the video it was horrible it was absolutely terrible and i wondered why were people telling me i did a nice job and it's because they didn't know what else to say so when someone tells you you did a great job they may mean it but here's how you want you can get to know whether it was a good job or not just ask them first of all say thank you and then say what was your biggest takeaway? What resonated oh. with you most? And if they say, well, I never knew this, and now that I know this, I can go do that, that's wonderful. If they say, uh, well, you're passionate about what you, you talk about, well, they didn't take anything away, not of use anyway. Me being passionate about what I talk about, that does nothing for them. Right. The real part is the value that they take away from your speech or presentation 100% right now about a ceo there are so many people employees will always say yes very few can say say that no it was horrible and the who will tell actually if ceo asks what was what was the take takeaway or what what was it that resonated with you uh still he may get answers but still not the right answer how does the top guy know what he presented was that was actually that worked it was successful hopefully they have people most ceos that i've worked with do not want yes men or yes women below them they don't want people just saying yes you're perfect and all that cuz that gets them nowhere and they know that they want people who can be frank with them and hopefully those people are being frank when they say, yes, that was a great job and here's what I took away or whatever it might be. But when they say that's a great job and you say, what, what resonated with you? Most of us cannot come up with an answer off the top of our head if it did not resonate with us. Even if we can come up with a nice lie five seconds from now, for those five seconds, it's like, ah, uh, and that's when the CE knows he or she didn't nail it didn't do what they were there to do. And unfortunately, too many of us don't want to hear that. I have, I've spoken to so many people over the years say, I don't want to look at my reviews when I speak on stage. I don't want to ask people how I did because I'm afraid of the answer. Well, that'd be like an athlete not wanting to look at their record of their, how well they did at their own single performance. You've got to look at that to get better. 
a tennis star has to know how, how well they're serving, how well they're returning serve. They have to look at that to know the weak spots of their game so they can improve it. Same thing with golf or any other sport. It goes the same way. We have to do the same thing. We have to see what our record is so we can help others. Right. Now, right. a little while ago, you mentioned being nervous about public speaking or afraid about public speaking. Yes, yes. I don't think any of us, unless it's truly clinical where they need psychiatric help, and I've, I've met people who do need that, but very few. Most of us aren't afraid of public speaking. I don't believe that anyway. We are afraid of making a mistake, looking foolish, or we internally know that we don't know how to present. And we have to get up there and try to do something that we don't know how to do in front of our colleagues or in front of strangers or whoever it might be. And that's a nerve-wracking thing. So it's not so much about public speaking. It's about ourselves. We're focusing on ourselves. And in some cases, if we haven't been taught how to present, rightfully so. So how does uh, that, if it's not about fully about fear, it's about ourselves and, uh, and you are afraid of making mistakes, how does one break those shackles, self-created shackles? A lot of it is practicing. A lot of it is getting help because we're not very good at things that we don't practice. So whether it's reading a book, watching videos, working with someone like me, whatever it is, it's finding out how you can present more effectively and then practice, practice, practice. And the great thing about this, it doesn't matter if you're speaking to one person across a desk 10 people in a conference room, 100 people in a civic organization, or 1,000 people in an auditorium. Communicating with others follows the same path. Things might vary between one person and 1,000 people. Your gestures have to be bigger and things like that. But the science of communication, the art that we layer on top of that science, doesn't change. Right. So if one rehearses, say, in private, what does he do? He look at the mirror because that's what I've heard. Now, is, are, is that all? Is there something more to that? How do you see this? Yeah, don't look in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> at a time, that's all we had. So, but think about it. You can't concentrate on what you're saying, concentrating on delivering your message and critique yourself at the same time. Something has to give. You can't do both at 100%. So those days are gone, thankfully. We all own the greatest thing ever invented for a public speaker. This. Okay. <laughs> a phone. Right. Prop it up, hit video, hit record, record yourself. But the key is how you play it back. Play it back three different ways. The first way is audio only. So turn it on, play it back, but face it down so you can't see the video. And listen to it. Listen to how you're presenting. Am I pausing enough? Do I have too many fillers? The ums, ahs, sos, you're right, you know, right, all those. Make notes. Now play it back video only with no sound and watch your body language. Am I moving too much? Am I, am I not gesturing because people like us to speak with our hands? What's going on? Am I closing my eyes for a good amount of the time so people can't see me, or I think people can't see me, like an ostrich head in the sand. All these different things, what's going on? 
make notes and now play it back normally video and audio make notes and go back and work on the things you need to work on okay, okay. you said three different ways one was the audio one was the video and what's the other way the combination audio and video the regular okay way. okay the second part is only just the video no no audio right so now you can just watch your body language so okay. you listen to your voice you watch your body language and then you co combine the two as you normally would for the third one right right talking about public speaking when you finish a speech then after a public speaking you know what is the question you get asked most often how what do they ask to you when i'm done with the talk yes a lot of people will ask how they can be as effective or what's the main thing they should work on to to try to be a more effective public speaker because i speak on public speaking so what we're talking about now is what comes up so a lot of it has to do with what's the one thing i can work on right right peter now talking of public speaking as it's uh, gain a lot of prominence in today's time. Uh, maybe. It's the biggest thing that people look at in terms of thought leadership, whether it's the companies, individual experts, a lot of people. And sometimes I wonder that if there are too many speakers uh, actually and less of listeners of these things. But be that as it may, we certainly need good speakers everywhere who can actually present things the way uh, they should be presented, which is great to listen, to see, and in whatever format that uh, value is coming to the audience. Now, a lot of people uh, think that this is only a very specialized work. Only some can do it. Only somebody who is an expert who can do it. And I don't have that expertise. That's perhaps how do you see this is what is public speaking uh, all about is it a good career for a normal person how does it work if it can work that way you don't get any more normal than me <laughs> anybody can do it because it's it's a science the way the brains work when they communicate to each other whether it's through the spoken word body language and the like but it's also an art and it's not in depth of either one. It's not like you have to be this great actor or this scientist. It's, it's really fairly easy things to learn for anybody. And I'll tell you a little bit about me. I grew up with a yeah. lisp and a stutter. So the last thing I ever wanted to do in life was talk to anybody. So I grew up avoiding communicating with people. And look what I do for a living. I speak and help speakers for a living. So it's kind of ironic but if I can do it, anybody can do it. I did not grow up in, in a wealthy household. I grew up in a fairly poor household, uh, again, with a lisp and a stutter in an urban area. So I really mean it. If I can do it, anybody can. But we all communicate in one fashion or another just about every day. So we're all doing it anyway. Now the idea is if you want to do it more effectively. Right, Peter. Right. If you can do it, anybody can do it. But you are, I can tell you, you are doing it excellently. And a lot of rehearsal would be needed 
to do what you are doing. But talking about uh, about you, you say uh, that public is speaking isn't just a soft skill; it's your power skill. What do you mean by that? So that as many people can actually understand what public speaking can bring to them. Think about the corporate world. They call public speaking leadership capabilities and things like that soft skills because it's not the nuts and bolts of what they work on. However, when people are applying to become middle-level management or upper-level management, senior management, what do they look at? Leadership abilities and communication abilities. So we call them soft skills, yet they're what we need to have to move up the ladder in, in a corporate or in a business atmosphere in general. So they're not soft skills. They're power skills. That's what sets us apart. Think of Warren Buffett, possibly the most prolific investor we've ever known. Every investment he makes is analyzed and scrutinized and, and other people react to it and either buy or sell stocks, whatever it might be. Yet he says the greatest investment he ever made was when he was 27 years old when he took a public speaking course because he knew he couldn't get where he was going and he wasn't a hundred percent sure where that was, but he knew he couldn't get where he was going unless he knew how to lead and communicate with people. So that's his power. And if he hadn't given a lot of his money away, he'd still be the wealthiest man on the face of the earth. So he knows how much of a power skill that is. It's not a soft skill. It's a necessary skill. That put it the best way possible, uh, Peter. In terms of an individual, how does he know what he does not know about himself? What exactly can he bring to the table? If he's, a, say, a generalist, not a very, you know, sort of a focused sort of an expert. How, and then how does he start getting into onto stages where does he work he, can he just exist online and still keep on getting work or what are the ways uh, he can start doing that speak wherever you can speak whether it's online whether it's in the community i'm not sure if in india if they have chambers of commerce like we have yes, here in the yes we have US. several of them several Sp of them top ones speak it speak at the chamber speak wherever you can now some people say, just keep speaking and you'll become good at it. No, just means you speak a lot. No more than I could play a sport as much as I want. I'm not going to become a professional. So uh, you have to get help. You have to get coaching. Look at even professional athletes. They have coaches. Get help, whether that's someone who knows what they're doing, whether it's a book, whether it's online courses. Get help, but speak as much as you can. The more you speak, the more you'll speak. So speak, yeah. speak, speak. Then you get used to it. And once you're used to it, you can now start working on yourself because you, you're over the butterflies. You'll still have that nervous energy a little bit before you speak on any occasion. But you can concentrate on how am I doing this? Am I engaging the audience? I can look at their faces. Are their faces reacting to what I'm saying? Or are they off thinking about something else where I have to now work very diligently to re-engage them? You can concentrate on things like that when you're speaking from the stage or the front of a room or even uh, on video. Right. 
and talking of public speaking coaches where people can you know people can actually get coaching from uh, you you are a public speaking coach how do people uh, connect with you how do they take your uh, help how do organizations engage you how does it work most people find me by two ways one is through my website the other is through referrals and i work with people from all over the world so i work with a lot of them on zoom and if they're in the northeast of the US, of the united states new york new england areas like that we work in person and there's one person who actually flies me to uh, another part of the us so we work on a monthly basis in person but once they find me we decide what they need and we create a path to get there and that's the important part and then it's a performance art this is not something whether it's working with a coach like me and there are fabulous coaches all over the world but whether it's working with someone like me reading a book like mine or someone else's book or taking online courses you can't just get the information and think it's going to work unless you apply it and apply it and apply it it goes back to rehearse 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 it's a performance art just like an actor who's going to be on a live stage has to rehearse and rehearse and rehearse so do we right and how what can they know learn from your book you know the captivating public speaker and you are also a podcast host you have a uh, you have a podcast so can you tell about that and how do people uh, get hold of your book and how do they catch uh, you on your podcast okay to answer your qu first question about the book the book follows exactly what i teach my clients we go over that amped framework first which helps you create a, a message that resonates with your audience because it's based on your audience then we go over your your body language and your voice how does that bo your body language and how does your voice support and foster that message so that message connects and engages even more with your listeners so they get more out of it so it takes you step by step about everything you need to know including helping you manage your nerves not get over your nerves because that often won't happen nor do you want it to you want some of that energy in you before you start speaking just like an athlete wants that energy in them before they play so it covers those four things the message voice body language and nerves just like it it almost follows my trainings uh, word for word almost and so that's the book the podcast i have guests on just like you do and we talk about various aspects of public speaking anywhere from public speaking tips and techniques all the way to breathing techniques so it's what speakers need before they speak up on stage in front of a room community event or whatever people can go to petergeorgepublicspeaking.com petergeorgepublicspeaking.com they can find out everything they need to know my podcast my book my services and if they ever just want to reach out and ask a question they they can do that on my website and i'll be happy to answer the question for them wonderful wonderful peter it's a pleasure talking to you peter and learn so much about about public speaking about what you do on your podcast and also about what your book entails about thank you so much indeed 
Thank you for having me. It's been a blast. Thank you. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live.